Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. They know the ins and outs of everywhere we're going. They will protect you. Horses, run! And they just like, <laughs> fuck. I was like, what? <laughs> I feel like I got a great break on a used car. <laughs> I, I, I thought that, was, I, that was a great, great quote. <laughs> this is war, Marcus. He's going to the bathroom. Are you in his house, you little psycho? <laughs> Get the f- get out of there! Look, it's a giant womb. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Butler, and I'm Mike Field, and you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. What's up? It's finally time. Season 13. It's been probably seven seasons where we've been asked to do this film. I don't know how long ago that this first started. I don't know. Maybe. It's been a long time. No, because seven seasons ago was season seven. Maybe, yeah. It's been a while. So, yeah, we... um, I, one of our listeners, uh, and I'm going to butcher your name, man, so I apologize, <laughs> emailed us, messaged us on Instagram, berated us. No, <laughs> he wanted us to do this movie, and we said we would. We, we said we would, but, you know, we have tons of movies that we want to get through that it just, you know, some, it, whether if we forget that we said we would do it or whatever, it just it, it happens. But, you know, because you got our list continues to grow and our list is at least 250 movies I long. Think, yeah. It's yeah. So, you know, that's what we work with here. So uh, often it's very difficult to get, you know, requests in, but anyways, uh, so he reached out to us and I'm, like I said, man, I'm going to butcher your name. So I apologize, but, um, Nick Patico or Pachicho, Pachicho, Pachicho. I apologize, man. Sure. You go for uh, Cause it. I do not know. I, I should have asked, but anyways, he wanted us to do this movie uh, I had never heard of it. Butler had never heard of it. I mentioned it to somebody that I know, and he was like, that movie, the J- Jason Patrick? So he kind of knew about it, but I don't know if he watched it. So the movie we're starting off season 13 is The Beast of War. It was known as The Beast in 1988, but it was changed to call The Beast of War. So we are finally doing this episode. I do not know. I honestly, I know my thoughts. I don't know Butler's. I don't know how this is going to end. If we don't like the movie, don't be mad at us, but we did do the movie. Okay. So we're doing the film and that's it. We're done. No more suggestions. <laughs> uh, but let me get, let me give you the, uh, I'm been tasked with the synopsis this week and then we'll get into the facts and then we'll talk about the film. A Soviet tank unit led by commander Daskal or Daskal. I do not know his name. Destroys a village in Afghanistan in 1981. Taj, a member of the village, vows revenge and pursues him along with the Mujahideen. Meanwhile, the radical Daskal turns violent against his unit when he murders the tank crewman for his Afghan ethnicity and leaves tank driver Kovarchenko to be killed by the Mujahideen. I think I'm saying that right, right? Mujahideen? Yeah, that's right. Taj, however, offers Kovarchenko sanctuary for his assistance against the unit. Kovarchenko is also known as Constantine throughout the film, so I don't know why we're using last names here. And I guess Butler was talking about how uh, Commander Daskal, or Daskal, was called by his first name, which we both of us cannot remember. 
and they they don't credit the first name in the credits. So he's the only one they don't show the first yeah. name out of the whole group. Well, so, no, Kaminsky too, but come on. Yeah, The Beast of War has a runtime of 111 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of eight million dollars. It came out on Friday, September 16th, 1988. And I don't have any numbers for you in terms of its opening weekend business mm. or its domestic business, but I can tell you worldwide it made one hundred sixty-one thousand dollars. So you tell us. <laughs> Production company was A and M Films and Bright Star Films, distributed by Columbia Pictures. So I told you it came out on the sixteenth of September. It went up against Pierce Brosnan, Charles Bronson in <laughs> Messenger of Death. I watched all these trailers, by the way. Seven Hours to Judgment. Miles from Home, which is with Richard Gere. The Prince of Pennsylvania, which is with Fred Ward and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> and Doing Time on Planet Earth. Prince of Pennsylvania, Keanu Reeves has a haircut, which one side is like my short hair, mm -hmm. and the other side is long all the way down to his, his neck. I'm nice. like, whoa. Nice. <laughs> he kidnaps his father. Fred Ward's his dad. He kidnaps his dad so that he can make money or something. Amy Madigan's in it. She plays his lover. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> uh, the week after the 23rd, you had Dead Ringers, Kansas, Spellbinder, Sweethearts Dance, Gorillas in the Mist, and Patty Hearst. You've probably only heard of Dead Ringers and Gorillas in the Mist. Yep. I was going to say, this is not one that I've heard a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> and September 9th, the week before, you had Moon Over Parador. Did you hear that? Do you remember that? Wow. One? That's with Richard Dreyfus when he's uh, they think that he becomes the fake dictator of Parador. No. Oh no, he's not the fake. He plays two. I think he plays two different people. Oh man, I don't remember. I Anyways, well, also running on empty because we did that movie. I was gonna say that yeah. one. I know. Running on empty and then some girls. So you, this movie was directed by Kevin Reynolds. That name sounds familiar. It's because he did a couple of Kevin Costner films like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, hey. Waterworld, and The Count of Monte Cristo, which is not Robin Hood, but it's still a good movie. Count of Monte Cristo might be a good forgotten cinema. It's got one of the best sword fighting scenes. In it's a good film. History. I like it. William Master Simone, apologize if I said the name wrong, wrote the movie. He did With Honors and the 92 TV movie Sinatra. Guess what that's about? Cinematography by <laughs> Douglas Milson. <laughs> Who's done breakdown an episode we did uh, here at Forgotten Cinema, yep. Highlander Endgame, and Body of Evidence. Composer was Mark Isham, who was nominated for an Oscar for A River Runs Through It. He's also uh, done The Accountant, 42, and the upcoming, I believe it's out already, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. By the time this episode comes out, yes, it will be out. Excellent. Edited by Peter Boyle, not the Peter Boyle you think. <laughs> uh, he is nominated for an Oscar for The Hours. He also did Quills, 1408, as an episode we did. And the 2011, The Thing, which we both don't like. Fun fact, in the 1408 episode, I believe you used the same joke. Not the Peter Boyle. That we don't like. Oh, did we really? I think so, yeah. Awesome. I'm consistent. <laughs> Produced by John Fiedler, who's done Serial Mom, Copycat, and Cecil B. Demented. So this movie stars <laughs> George Zunda as Daskal, uh, as Crimson Tide, No Way Out, Basic Instinct, the first season of Law & Order, to name a few. <laughs> Jason Patrick as Constantine. Uh, he was in Sleepers, Speed 2, Cruise Control. We just He's, talked about Sleepers. We did. We were at a brewery where it was the location of a mental facility for people who were obviously had mental difficulties. And uh, but as Butler so called it, an insane asylum, which we don't call anymore Butler. Way to but go. that's what they called it back then. They called it back then. But now it's boarded up. But they now have. It's also where they shot. I believe they shot outdoor scenes for the movie Sleepers. I believe. Uh, but the brewery now is open there and uh, there's still there's still buildings that are boarded up, which, you know, was a little creepy walking back to the car when it was complete pitch black. But that's fine. <laughs> but anyways, check it out. Uh, so Jason Patrick's also did The Lost Boys, obviously, and the movie Rush. 
Stephen Baldwin as Anthony Golikoff, who's from The Usual Suspects, Biodome, and The Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas. Best known as Alec Baldwin's little brother. It's better to know just the movies he's been in. Don't worry about what he's been doing lately. Uh, Don Harvey as Kaminsky, who's in Casualties of War. The movie Hudson Hawk, which we did, Butler. Yep. And the TV show The Deuce. Eric Avari as Samad, who's in Stargate, The Mummy, and Mr. Deeds. Stephen Bauer as Contage, and we'll get to that. Scarface, (laughs) Primal Fear, and Traffic. And Dale Dye is in this movie. He served as a technical advisor for the film. The only time you see him is when he's dead. The helicopter crew chief that's dead when they drink the poisoned water. That's Dale Dye. Do you know who Dale Dye is? No. Any war movie. He's the guy with the white hair and the white mustache. And he's usually barking orders. He's in almost every single war film. <laughs> it's fine. He's awesome. But it's just he's always he's in, always, he's in always he's he's if you don't see Dale. He die, has it's made not a, a living doing this. Yeah. Made a living. But good for him, man. Good for him. All right. Whew. Butler. Yes. Did you like this movie? I will say we've been hounded to do this movie. And I part of me wanted to not like this movie <laughs> because we were told how good it was and how we should definitely do this movie. And usually our suggestions are just, hey, you guys should do this movie. And our opinions are left to our own. I'm not saying I love this movie, but this movie was okay. I don't a- see how this movie did so little. Why? It was well, a, I mean, I, it's a downer. It's a downer subject. And it's a downer movie, but it's also very, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's, it's not bad. It's also very, it's okay. uh, not poignant. It's really difficult to watch this film and not think about what's going on in the world. Oh, absolutely. I could not. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> like, it's whoa. like, geez. It's like, uh, yeah. So it was like, we picked the right or wrong time to put. This I don't, I don't, I don't like being no spot on with movie picks like that, but you know, <laughs> but whatever. But I will say this in terms of why you don't think this did well, I'll tell you two reasons or one of my reasons. When the film started, uh, David Putnam was the head of Columbia. By the time this was released, he was gone. And Dawn Steele was the head of Columbia. And when usually what happens when a studio has a change, all the movies that the previous studio chief was like putting through, the new one's like, that ain't that good. And <laughs> they just get shelved. I think the second reason is George Zunda is not a lead in for, for a movie. I'm sorry. He's not. I mean, he's a great guy, great actor, but he is not going to bring people. People are not going to because he's, he's in it. Seats. Right. And Butler made that you made the comment before we started this film that he was thin. He had lost 50 pounds for this movie. Yeah. And, I've never seen him. I yeah. He's I've always an over. Thing. He's always been overweight and he lost 50 pounds for this movie because he wanted to be in this film and he's not bad in it. But he's not a leading actor. He's not bringing people into the movie. Now, right. maybe now here's the thing, too. Maybe if he kept the weight off and he continued on that track, maybe he turns into that kind of actor. But. He never did. So, sure, yeah. yeah. And like I said, he's not bad in it. I mean, there there are some stuff that we'll bring up that we'll talk about. I, this is going to be I have some fact notes, but not a lot because there's not a lot available. So this is probably going to be more of a episode where we're just talking about the film. Opinion piece. Right. I had there were some moments in the movie that I enjoyed, like like you had said, but I wasn't. I didn't come away from this film where I was. Like, holy cow, I cannot believe I never saw this like that. Like that was the setup to us watching this. Yes. And that might be our own personal issue, setting it up like that, <laughs> hyping it up to like, oh, it better be good. We can, you know, like, so that might be us hyping it up. And I'm not saying that I, I mean, as we talk about it, maybe we'll understand significant stuff that we didn't like. It just, it wasn't something that really blew me away. Go ahead. Are you it, it was, it's a, 
a Vietnam movie set during the Afghan war between the Soviets and Afghanistan. Well, that's yeah. um, which are the parallels. And I, I know that reading the notes, that's what they were going for. But because of that, there are so many other classic, very well done Vietnam war films that do it better. Well, here's the thing too. <clears throat> we're talking about a tank movie. I immediately think of fury. You can't not. Yeah. And fury is great. Fury is very good. Yeah. Uh, great. Fury is very good. But, Really? Good. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. But anyways, <laughs> I, I think of Fury when we think of this film. Sure. But granted, you don't have to put it on the list right now. No, if I don't, I'm not going to remember. I'll be doing it when I'm editing. <laughs> so not that I'm comparing it, but I there's already moments in Fury where I like more. Um, sure. It's a different type of film in terms of the story they're trying to tell. Do you think, though, that Fury borrowed anything from this film? Do you think no. whoever saw Fury watched tank films? And be- this was Because, because... It's it's a little bit. This movie is a is also has a lot of elements of what's not because oh maybe can you say this movie has a lot of Moby Dick elements in terms of it's not like Zunda's fighting for the white whale or Daskal. He's fighting for his ship, but in a way that's almost like his white whale. It's, it's very Captain Picard not wanting to give up his ship for the Borg. It's very Custer's last stand. It's very much a leader not realizing the safety of his people over. The mission at hand or the item at hand. But here, here's the thing. He's a leader who makes the biggest mistake and he, they go the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Right. And, right from the very start. But of the that movie. never come up from his crew to him. They're just they never. Not the fact that they rebel, not that Constantine goes after him because of the Samad killing Samad. Nothing like that. Right. It's never revealed that they're in this mess because he went the wrong way, even when they're when the three of them. Uh, the three that remain in the tank are kicked Go, out of the tank and they the walk. Cliff. They're just walking away. It's never, there's no comeuppance to him. Like, you put us in the situation. I think he realizes it at the end. That's for him, but it's not His for anybody else. Right. right. Yeah. So, because even at the even at the end when he buttons up, it, it's not like a, it's not a moment where I'm just like, uh, he's facing his death proudly. No, he's like, he's still stubborn. You know, he's, sure, you yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? So he's still the villain. He's still the bad guy. And I don't feel anything for him. No, yeah, he yeah. deserves to die from the very beginning of the movie. But he's the one that made the mistake. But he's never like it's he's never brought to bear that that kind of like indig like the, his men coming back at him and saying like you put us in this situation you you know like it's just kind of like no he should have died yeah no I, I mean he, he does, does but, but yeah he shouldn't have been left to watch your people lose the war it's like that's not what he's doing this for. right he's not doing it for the glory of Russia he's doing it for the glory of him and and, that, and it's a good thing you brought up Russia. Um, I have a big problem with the fact that it's just American actors. We talk about that a lot. We, well, here's the thing. At least in, I'm going to reference Humphrey October. Sure. In the Humphrey October, obviously, they're not Russian in the Humphrey October, obviously. But the way the film, the way the film does it is, they are speaking Russian in the beginning. Uh, and it, and it has that awesome. And I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah, right? Valkyrie he, does the same right, thing, which is right. really well done. They, he's reading a poem in Hunt for October, and they're zooming in, and he's reading the poem in Russian, and then it stops. The camera stops. He uh, mid sentence goes from Russian to English, pulls back, and now everyone's speaking English. It's the it's the filmmakers telling you, yes, this they are they speaking are Russian, Russian, but we but are not presenting it that way. Perfect. Valkyrie does the same. Thing per- with Tom Cruise writing right. the letter narrating it same thing. perfect it doesn't just pretend that it's not russian that they're not russian and this movie is just like nah it, it you get the one tagline 1981 yeah russian exactly done. and it's like 
and I and I get that I get the note where somebody could be like, "Oh man, give it a break." Okay, fine. But I don't. I'm sorry, but the fire commands and the terminology that they use in the tank crew is the same used by the U.S. Army. I'm sorry. I know we all both have tanks, but there's not the exact same thing. So if you're using U.S. Army tank commands and terminology, you're just completely discounting the fact that they're Russians. So I don't lazy, yeah. Don't I don't like that at all. Sure. I was not a fan of that. I was not a fan of just like the assumption that we're just yeah, they're speaking about the word. Yeah, yeah. Yet you have um the Afghani people speaking Ghani and speaking excuse me, I know that's not the language, Farsi. just speaking their language. Yeah. You know, like so you do it there. Why don't sure. you do it for for us? And now that I've talked about the Afghani people. Let me talk about my other problem with the film. <laughs> Stephen Bauer is Cuban. He is not from Afghanistan. And it's really, and he's the, the hero. really, really difficult to watch him do this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know it's a 1981 and that's not through something a 20, that people, 22 you're lens, absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely. Even right. back then, though, it's like he doesn't look the part. He doesn't. You could tell he's out of place. He's very out of place within yeah. the rest of the cast, which is surprisingly well cast as actual Middle Eastern actors, to, just, except for that one guy. To be fair, he's not bad in it. Like, he's he not does bad. A good job. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just miscast. It's, it's, yes. I think it's, uh, I, I get it. I understand the argument. Well, it's 1981, Mike. Who are you going to put in there that's going to bring money in? I, I understand that argument. Is Stephen Bauer really going to bring money in, though? No, no, no I get you. have already got George Zumba. Well, Stephen Bauer, Stephen Bauer is a face, though. You've got people in here that are, that are known people. Now it's an $8 sure. million dollar production budget. So you've got people that can be affordable, but you still know them. Yeah. Uh, so I get that, but it's watching it 40 years later. You're, it, it's really difficult to kind of relate to it because you're just like, man, eh, come on. I mean, you know, we just come off watching West side story. You know, I did, right. uh, you know, and, that, and I understand while I understand the original is a classic, they do do a lot of stuff in the classic to make people look and appear like they're Puerto Rican. Yes. Uh, but in the new one, obviously, no, you don't do that. And it just makes it infinitely better and correct in the right way. But I just, I, I just couldn't, you know what I mean? I just, but it's also, I mean, I'm saying this right now, but like, I'm also know that Stephen Bowers in Scarface and Al Pacino's in Scarface and Al Pacino is not uh, from Cuban descent. In Scarface, he's supposed to be he's Cuban, supposed right? To be Cuban, yeah. He's, he's obviously an Italian American. So I understand that older movies are differently. I get that. That's fine. It's just it's just a little off putting. That's all. It's tough when you don't like represent not like you don't represent the character, but you don't even look the character. Right. Um, I'm all about acting is acting. Um, but there are certain times where you cast somebody who's a different. Race or gender or something, I just like sure it doesn't really fit unless that's the point of the movie out of the film, unless that's the point of the film, which in this case it's not right. But he does do an okay job. No, he's not bad. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with any of the acting in the movie. I don't know what it is. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have, I thought maybe I think the movie's a little too long, maybe 10 minutes too long. It is. It, it drags a tiny bit in moments because they go over the same thing again. Right. It's three guys or four guys, five guys <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of the tank. Um, but they go over a lot of the same kind of issues. The tanks losing gas, the tanks in the running out the, of petrol, the tanks overheating. The tank's been overheating for a while. When is it actually going to overheat? When is it actually right. running it's, out of They gas? keep showing the leaking oil. And the it's, payoff never it's, really comes. Exactly. Exactly. The only time a payoff ever comes is when he throws the, the fire because it's leaking gas because they started. They, he finally throws right, the turbine under right. the thing, which, But he's been leaking oil for a good 30 minutes already. Right. It leaks oil, I think, before that first helicopter even arrives. What did you think about the killing of Samad? I mean, like, I saw it coming. Oh, no, 100 percent. In terms of that, 
it just but it doesn't it here's the thing with that it i i don't understand how constantine can under can see how the captain the commander go, yeah. is 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 lose has lost it but the other two don't and they don't ever the guys don't care or they're too scared they don't they don't think for themselves right you know golikov stephen baldwin's character is too dumb <laughs> and kaminsky is just high on brake fluid yeah uh, so I, I don't think they care. And I think Kaminsky definitely is a little racist as well. Kicking some odd and smacking around. Just yeah. Taking the, taking maybe Daskal's kind of lead on that. Yeah. But my thing is how does Samad not see that Daskal's going to kill him? Yeah. I don't get that. He just doesn't understand that he's obviously sending him out there into the water to get shot. You're go- yeah. You're going to, you had that full scene where you're just not breaking eye contact. Yeah. Constantine tells you to get out of there cause he's going to kill you. Yeah. Like once he says the site, get out of there. And you knew he was gonna die too because he has that moment when he tells him about how to ask for mercy and that uh, you know that's people, gonna be done right. later on. And yeah. So that's that's his one. Let me get let me do, let me impart this message to you so I can get shot and die. Okay, see you later. <laughs> and he and he's just I don't I don't understand also Samad's devotion to the commander. Uh I don't get uh, not the when I say I don't understand it. I mean, I it's not enough to explain to me I, on the in the movie. Like he's just like I tried to prove myself. Why this guy's a jerk off? I get the same kind of thing. It, it's I get the motive motivation of you want to prove that the Afghan people can move into the twenty first century. I get that, but I don't get why Daskal. Like he is the worst representation of that. Right. Where you have Constantine. Like you can see what people were like. You went to university. <laughs> I'm sure he had professors that were respectable. This guy is a nutcase from the very beginning. We see Daskal already like basically Marlon Brando putting water on his yeah, head. Yeah. He's already at that place. He doesn't get worse. He's always the same level of crazy. Yeah. So it, it doesn't build. Yeah. So why, why Samad goes under that water knowing he's going to die? Why he back, he badmouths him. And then back, 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 oh, sir, do you think I'm going to, my child? Why should I go in the water? Like, yeah. get out of there, Samad. Yeah. It's, uh. And Constantine just lets it happen, too. He's supposed to be so. I, yeah, I don't get that like, either. I Tensions are already happen. high. They've already had this conversation. They've already had a problem with how he, he told them to take out the thing out of the book. Um, the, the record, the, page, the yeah, yeah. They've, they've already kind of had a moment where. He didn't want to run it, over the guy at the beginning. Yeah. It's clear that there's. A major thing between him and Constantine, and he's just on the rock writing down stuff away. Like he, he like it's almost like he's gonna let it happen. Yeah. And, and speaking of Constantine, and you brought it up, the whole thing in the beginning when they run over the guy, which is gross. And you know, even when they show the thing, I'm like, ugh, God, ugh, gross. But yep. anyways, I thought that Constantine needed to leave, needed to be kicked out of the tank unit much earlier in the movie. I thought it was too late because yes. because he he develops he's got this developing friendship with Taj and it's it goes, so deep in but it's like too quick for that. Yeah. I it almost I needed almost like time to time pass. Like he needed to be messed up, they take care of him. He he said, you know what I mean? Like he becomes in, you know, uh with the people he wants to stay with the people. I understand why he leaves at the end, but because it's more of a statement of war against war. Yeah. But I I thought it was really too fast. No, for sure. It it should have been if this movie is an hour and what, 40 minutes, 51 minutes, an hour, 40 minus credits. He needed to be, you know, 45 minutes into the movie, 50 minutes out. Yeah. And instead, it's probably the last 25, 30 minutes. He's with Taj. Mm -hmm. Uh, He definitely need another 20, 30 minutes with Taj to make it make sense. But then you have to change it to have the tank 
commander is still out there blowing people up and he, maybe the tank's not yeah but he's he's on a vendetta mission and then the tank becomes constantine's moby dick yes i yeah i think it's almost i think it made it maybe needed to happen in the beginning constantine's betrayed right in the beginning and he's and he's injured and maybe they have to take care of him and then they get the chance then maybe it's like six months later to take it back but then also you run into lawrence of arabia territory i got you but lawrence arabia is an awesome film right which is why you can't redo that. Really I understand. I understand. Oh, <laughs> well, they do. It's called Doomed. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the ending when he he leaves Taj. Right. They destroy the tank and Constantine gets gets rescued. And I, and I know that it's supposed to be like he just doesn't want to fight. He doesn't like the war. Yeah. It's not about like, oh, I'm betraying Taj. You know, I don't yeah. want to fight with you. I don't believe in your cause. He still admires the Mujahideen, but but I didn't like him leaving. I didn't like him leaving. Either. I thought that's not. I I thought that that's not. That's not the path for the character yet. I thought that his his role would be to go back with them, to be with them, and maybe in several months or time, yeah, he wants back. to leave. But uh, him going back is he's just going to put right back into yeah, the leaving army. Leaving during the war makes no sense. Yeah, you're going to be re-put, and then you're going to fight his people again. You know, you 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 have to choose a side there. Yeah, he's got no choice. He's in the Soviet yeah. Union. I I yeah, I did not. I didn't think that that was the right moment that he he should have left. I thought he should have stayed. And, and him leaving is just kind of like, well, what was this all for? What was this just your personal vendetta? And you really didn't align with the Afghan people and what they were trying to do. Yep. I I didn't or what to protect their land. I don't I don't understand it. You know. And back to that, back to Samad, I don't get when he was telling the commander that he, we do need to go into the 21st century. We do need to be modernized. It's like, so that's why you're okay with another country invading you? Like, so that's like when he was telling, trying to explain to him, like there's some, some of the messaging and the purposing of what people were trying to do in the characters. I just didn't buy. That part I kind of liked. But I, I liked that. I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Maybe I didn't get enough. That's just, that's I mean, that's just kind of like what it was. It's like every side has their own reasons. Like. Zunzo is obviously Daskal's character is is a monster. Yeah, but you know why the Soviet Union's there is obviously pretty oil and gas. But what? why the two why the two sides are fighting? Uh, like why Afghani's were partly on the side of the Russians and partly on the side of you know yeah. rebellion is is that move into the twenty first century and you know showing that you know Samad's not a, a villain. Yeah, but neither maybe are the. The guys who end up becoming the Taliban after <laughs> well, that's our fault. The whole thing I'm watching, the thing out of just of uh, the end of Rambo, and going so they're here, and then they become villains. Well, they become yeah. allies to Rambo. Yep, and then they become. Well, you should watch Charlie Wilson's work because Charlie Wilson's war is a lot of is about that. It's about how they the United States was funneling money. I do want to watch. I and they basically it ultimately created the Taliban. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't help anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, we, okay. Let's talk about some stuff maybe we liked about the film. Let's not be complete jerks. Sure. Um, Give me something that you really dug or you liked moment, whatever it was. I liked. I liked a lot of this film. I mean, it's got a lot of problems, which is why I said it was OK. Uh, uh-huh. I, I think that the although I do think Dasko is, like I said, goes into like crazy pants territory right from the beginning. We don't know how long they've been stuck in that tank. We see that they've got all their kills already ranked up. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So just kind of like in the movie Fury, they've already been together for a while. Uh, well, maybe I, they don't do a good job setting it up in this film. <laughs> That's all. Oh, well, I think, I think we know that they've been together for a while, but we they don't do a good job setting up Daskal's decline. Okay, um, but I think that 
you know, I think Golikov and Kaminsky do a really good job when they're fighting amongst each other. Mm-hmm. The, the scenes between the two of them and Constantine, I thought those are like people stuck in a small space. Sure. Constantine picking and choosing his battles on when to be insubordinate, but at the same time following the letter of regulation. Yep. I think is interesting because he's not necessarily rebelling or, or mutinying. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to, but in a way that pisses off Daskal because it is being insubordinate to his illegal activities almost. Mm-hmm. And it pisses off, obviously, Kaminsky because Kaminsky is always high on brake fluid. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, what I do is I filter through the bread, right? And then I put some raisins in it, some sugar, and I put yeah. it in the sun. It gives and and then they're like, we don't have any brake fluid. And it's like, you never have any brake fluid anymore. So and yet you keep breaking. What happens? So we're just going to just, oh, no, we found a stash. Okay. Nothing for three days. They're, they're okay. We're about to run out of gas before we get over the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And then they have enough gas to get themselves uh Oh, I guess they regas when the helicopter gets. They get, that's stuff. it. They just get gas. They don't get brake fluid. You can't stop. You're leaking too. <laughs> at the same time, they never fix the leak. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I think their relationship between them is is really interesting and really well done. I like the scenes between Taj and Mustafa. Oh, the, the scenes between the, Mustafa, the, his the cousin, Mujahideen. and uh, yeah. Taj for the Mujahideen. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think Mustafa is a very interesting character. Yep. He's fighting for his own self, kind of. He doesn't care about the Afghani uh, people. Yeah, I don't. Or, yeah, know, the way he, he's fighting to scavengers. Or scav- he's yeah. a bunch of scavengers. Yeah. yeah, who they just happen to I, team up with. I thought that they didn't. Like, that's another thing I thought that was a missed opportunity was Taj's, uh, what's his, his, his uncle, that whole thing with him and his uncle. And then when they go off to fight with Mustafa, that, that whole thing just kind of wasn't, it was almost surface deep. And, and I thought there was more interest in that story a little bit. I mean, to beef up a little bit more that they could have done. I think there was stuff there that if was you, interesting. If you had a longer movie. Maybe. No, I get but you. It's also, a different film, if though. Constantine That's a different film. joined them maybe earlier on, you could have had more of that. Right. And plus, Constantine joining them early on is probably also a different film than what we got. And this is more of just like a hunting. It's a revenge film. Oh, revenge very film. much so. Yeah. I mean, because the opening scene, they're just like poisoning wells, shooting goats, you know, running over people. I mean, it's like it's like pretty harsh. I did like the 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 tank turret POV stuff when they were blowing away uh, the huts in the beginning. They were just showing like oh, I, sure, I yeah. thought that like in terms of in terms of stunt work and action work and and squid work and all that stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. The fireworks in this like the fire effects and all that was yeah. really nice. I like the fact that they added water to the uh, yes. tank rounds to really give it that push as opposed to a blank. Right. So yeah, they were 90 millimeter blank shells were modified to fire a weight of water out of the tank's cannon to have the recoil when they fired. Yeah. So they're just shooting water. But yeah, no, that's pretty cool. This tank is also an authentic Soviet T-55 tank that was captured by the IDF during the Arab-Israeli conflict that Dale Dye had to negotiate the purchase of over drinks with the Israel Defense Forces officers in Tel Aviv. I mean, he's just like, so listen, guys, we're making a movie. So this this film was shot in Israel. So just yeah, they uh, thank Israel at the end of the yeah, film. So yeah, this shot entirely in Israel. Um, so I thought that was an interesting. Uh, it does tidbit. give it a nice in- Middle East look to it as well. Well, I mean, it's just desert. So I mean, it's just rocks and desert. But it doesn't look like a quarry, which no. a lot of films would look like, or the same quarry kind of repainted or repaved. Or- they talk about a couple times where they're like, uh, "We got to get to the past. We got to get to the past, and we're going to cut them off at the past." This is at the end. Right. And then we get to the passage in the movie. But before that, they're running at them in the open, open desert. And they're like, let's go. It's like, that's not the pass. We're cutting them off at We're You're cutting them off at in the open desert. 
So I didn't get that. I thought the same thing was because he showed mountains like going over. Yeah. Going over the cliffs. Yeah. Maybe they thought the tank would stall, but we might be missing a scene there. I, I don't do know. like that they poison their own guys. Uh, when they poison the water? Yep. I was like, yes. Well, because they're not supposed to. They weren't supposed to poison that. They're only supposed to poison wells. They poison the water to trap them and they screwed right. up. Yeah, no. And yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Past Daskal knew that they were searching for water and he never told them, hey, by the way, I poisoned the water thing down there. Yep. So he never said anything. So he's just kind of setting them up yeah. to die. But in that moment, so that scene, too, prior to that, when they when they poison that little water area, the little puddle or yeah. whatever. Not puddle. What, what would you call that? Not a pond. It's too small for a pond. Just a little oasis. Oasis yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, so the guys are buried. The one guy drinks from it and dies, and they figure that out. Right. Uh, and they bury him, they're, or they're tending to him. And the tank's not that far away. And they, let's get out of here. And I'm like, they don't hear the tank. They don't hear the tank moving. I mean, like, they're not, I know they're not that far away. And the tank, like, they don't hear that. that far away. I, don't I, know. I don't know. That was something that was a little off for me. You never know exactly how far away they are from the tank. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I really liked the plot of the women. I actually, I was going to bring like that up. The, when they appear at the end. I actually, I thought the, the women, the, Af the Afghan women that were basically following them and, you know, out for blood, doing right. what they couldn't do. I, I thought was, I was interested in that. I didn't mind. I loved the fact when she comes back at the end with the blood all over her face. I'm oh, sorry. we only caught one. Yeah. I was just Oof. like, Oof. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I don't get why. I understand why Taj is mad at them, but not that level of mad. Because I think at that point, which again is is part of the relationship between Constantine and and Taj, is Constantine wanted them to be free, and Taj was like, "No, this guy is now my friend. Let's let him be free." Yeah, and she completely just ruined, possibly ruined the friendship. M maybe which that's what made does. Yeah, when he's about to leave in the helicopter, it's really seeing Daskal's bloodied boots and shirt that he's just like, I, "Screw this! I don't want this anymore. I'm going." Yeah. But this is what he this is what it is. But the other thing, too, is I mean, this is probably just an oversight. But when they first come up in the Constantine and he's tied up right. and the women are throwing rocks at him, they hide. They, they're hiding their face, obviously, because they're not supposed to let him see their face. Yeah, uh, that's part of their culture. But the second time when they come back with all the blood over him, she ain't hiding her face and he's there. And it's just like, OK, so is he accepted now? Is he part of your I think at that point? Yeah. But see, that's the thing, too. It's like. It, I we can't we already talked about how it's too quick. Sure. So, but if it wasn't too quick, I would have, I would have liked more. Plus, I think she really enjoyed the fact that she had the blood all over him. To oh, show well, it's a it's a it's a so nice it's a nice moment, like in terms of a cool film moment. Not just in terms of film, but in terms of like what she's thinking is. Sure. Screw you. This is what I did. I yeah. don't care that you said let him go. Yeah. That's why she says sorry. I only got well, one. He, she says it all sarcastically. He, he he ran over her fiance. No, pretty much. I get her reasoning. I'm just saying. <laughs> This is why she's doing it. So she doesn't mind showing the blood on her face. She wants yeah. to show her And her face. fiance was a little older. It was a lot older than her. It's so. who she was promised to. Oh, it's just God. the culture, I, man. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about, so at the end of the movie, and I think, I honestly think this line is probably what they're trying to say throughout the entire film was, how is it that we're the Nazis now, sir? When he says that to him. Uh, yes. Agreed. I mean, they have that conversation about how he talks about how his tank, this tank was in Stalingrad and he fought the Nazis and not this tank, but he was doing tanks. Right. He was right. Blowing up tanks in Stalingrad. Yeah. Being lowered on a rope. And then, you know, it's like, and then 
Jason Patrick or, or Constantine is says like, you know, how is it that we're the Nazis now? So it's so like you just you just want Daskal to roll his eyes and just say, <laughs> shut up. You know, like it's so like, oh, come on. Oh, we're the bad guys. Do you feel yeah, I, I know. Do you feel I do feel like that line was like the whole basis of the movie? Oh, you think the guy wrote that line first? Went, you know, it'd be right. never gonna get up since this moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, like, this was a writer patting himself in the back in the back of Starbucks. Yeah, going, like, yeah. But this is, and here's the other thing too. It's like, okay, fine, but it's we we're only witnessing this war by one tank who's gone lost. Yep. Who's done a who who is you know just lost now and Completely they're just messed up their mission. right and yeah exactly and now we're just basing this tank's experience on. Though just making a statement about the whole world. Listen, the whole world was dumb. It was terrible. Worse is terrible. But like we're taking this one story and we're we're broadly brushing the entire war with this. Sure, yeah. And Jason Patrick's experiences in terms of like the totality of war, while are justified when you think about war and you think about what happened in the movie, it's nothing that we've seen. You are basing that on what we're supposed to remember in our life in terms of history. Yeah. And that's a tough thing for a lot of audiences to do because you're just giving them the story and you're, you're requiring them to be like, did you guys read the uh, last three chapters in the, that the assigned reading for the history? Now, Okay, good. Now watch this film. So <laughs> also what audience the movie made like a hundred thousand bucks. Well, what's what, ha- <laughs> well, what's what happens in films aren't when studios stop believing in films. I don't if if you put this movie out in theaters now we're talking 81 so a wide release isn't a wide release as it used to be mm-hmm. so you put this film out i mean this is probably a film that's got to get word of mouth but again it's got a lead in it like jason patrick is a, is not even when was lost boys 80 before this for sure yeah. no this is yeah oh this is 88 right yeah. i said 81 i'm sorry I'm, i meant to say 88 um yeah, so 84, 85, I think, was Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys was 84 or 5. Why do I think 85? But anyway, so he's a big, he's, he's a bigger. Lost Boys 87. So damn it. Right after. Wow, Michael. He's a bigger name than Zunda right now. That's true. I'm surprised Zunda got for top billing. I yeah. Ju- yeah, and this is not, again, I need to reiterate. I'm not saying that he's bad. He's a bad actor. He's just not somebody that is putting. In the- 1988, you're going, yeah. You're coming off. You want to go see a movie in, in, you know, you're not seeing it because he's in it. You may see it because, you know, Jason Patrick's in it. Stephen Baldwin's not Stephen Baldwin. We we know when he blows up as usual for usual suspects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and these other people are facing Stephen Bauer's a face. They, Don Harvey's a face that you've seen in other films, but they're not exactly names. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, it's it's I think I think it suffers from a really. And not a strong, a strong lead. Now, a strong lead may make this movie a fifteen million dollar film, not an eight million dollar film. So maybe that's why you're doing it. But you know, I think that that probably didn't help. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Hungarian version of this film corrected the errors of the of the Americans acting I like Russians, that. and they also included like dialogue and jargon. I guess that's the word they so use. Say the right words about that about to talk about the Warsaw Pact. And everything. So it kind of felt, I almost want to see this film. And I'm, you know, I, I'm sure there are, maybe there's other films that are about uh, the war in Afghanistan uh, from, you know, when the Russians invaded in terms of uh, like, I'm sure there's other films out there that foreign films that have done this t- subject matter. I, I almost, maybe. I'd almost like to see this movie remade, but 
from somebody uh, from either from from Russia or from Afghanistan or a filmmaker that wants to tell this story. Sure. You know, that's a little bit more based in what actually happened. Yeah. Or yeah. no, just but just kind of like have the have the history behind it of like more authentic. Right. A more authentic feel. That's because like, again, this is supposed to be this is written by Americans. It's supposed to be just a riff on Vietnam without being taking place in Vietnam. Right. And it's also based on uh, a real life, obviously an event, not the the tank itself, but the war. I mean, when I reference Hunt for October, that's based on a book from Tom Clancy. So it's not like that's not anything that really happened. Right. So there's a little bit of leeway in terms of the, what's happening in that film, but this is more a based on, it's, it's like historical fiction. It's based on a play. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true too. You're right. Yeah. Same, same writer wrote the play. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I wonder how that play was, which is in the tank. Probably the entire yeah. thing take place in the tank. Maybe right. a little bit with Taj off scenes in like a cave. Two yeah. sets. I wonder if it's just focused on the, but yeah, the tank crew. That'd be an interesting play to see. To see how it's done. It's probably done like in a smaller like black box theater. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So, <laughs> <laughs> so would you? Re so this was obviously not recommend. I guess recommended to us. Uh, you could say that. Would you recommend this film to other people? It's okay. If you really like war movies, absolutely. Sure. It's a it's shorter. It's a lot of war movies are on the longer side. Although I think this could still have been a little shorter. Uh, uh like you said about 10 minutes cuz I think they talk about the same problems too many times. I think this is a decent war movie. I don't think we we go off on what's wrong with it, but I think it's got a decent amount of stuff you could watch. It's enjoyable. There's some action. There's no right side, which is something I do like about the film. There's never a right side anymore. At first I'm like when the Obviously, when they crush the game, I'm like, am I supposed to like these Soviet guys? And it's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, no, they're bad. So I'm supposed to like anyone, really. Let's go. See, that's the thing, too. Like, even that scene with uh, Constantine, he grabs his hair and he's like, go, drive. It's like, he should have stopped and said, no. Yep. And they should have. That's when he should have been moment. left there to die. Yep. That's the moment. I, and I thought they were going to do that. I was like, oh, he did it. Mm, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, I would still recommend this. Anybody who likes war films. Really, other if you really like Fury, like I love Fury, I'd be like, well, check out Beast of War. It's similar, but that's about it. I, I can't mean, think of any of the tank films. There aren't. There's a dearth of tank films. If you really like tanks. <laughs> the subgenre, the subreddit sub of uh, tank of war movies is the tank film. Uh, the scene from the end of uh, the Last Crusade. Oh, it's great. Which, by the way, Henry, the pen, the pen, it's my, than the sword. sword. This is war, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> H two, oh, little. All right, now we're gonna talk about image. <laughs> the uh, the gap that they stop at. I was like, is this the end of Last Crusade? This is the same cliff face. <laughs> I saw I lost you, boy. <laughs> the man kneels before God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bullets and penitent. tanks. Penitent. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about who I would recommend it to. I mean, I don't think there's anything overtly wrong about the movie i don't think there's anything like overtly great about the movie but if you like war films check it out i i, that, I could i could echo that i believe I, um yeah i don't know because i just watched a film we had another suggestion uh from one of our listeners so he wanted me to check out suture uh which was on criterion channel and i did um and i talked to butler about that a little bit before uh off mic as you will um and uh i'd say I'd recommend Suture before I'd recommend this film because Suture has a lot of is a lot of interesting things in there that I it, it like to think about and to talk and and it's it's more of a thinking person's film so I wouldn't really it's not really like an action based film like this this movie would be like 
if if you're in the if you're in the video store and you're like, let's just try this, like or, or like a good second, let's try this second film. It's hundred. It's only 111 minutes. Let's watch this. Sure, yeah. You know what night? I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's one of those films that you're not. I, I think if you love film and you watch a lot of stuff, I think it's good to go back and watch these these this movie. Like I talked about the movies that. It came out that week, you know, Messenger of Death and Seven Hours Judgment, like movies we've never heard from. But like Miles yeah. from Home is a movie about farmers. It's almost like Hell or High Water, but it's with Richard Gere. Sure. It's about farmers like robbing banks, taking back. Same kind of idea. But like that's directed, that was directed by Gary Sinise. And I was like, what? Oh, really? So it's fun. It's interesting to go back to older films and just see like people's careers and where they've gone and what happened in movies you never even heard of. Like I kind of want to see The Prince of Pennsylvania, even though it looks really bad. <laughs> so. In that respect, I think it's it's always good to go back and watch films that maybe I'm going to say it again. People forgot. Yeah. About. I, I guess I would recommend this to people that I know like watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So I know that they'll they'll give it a shot. I don't know if it's a movie I'd recommend for the casual movie goer. No, like you know I said, I, mean? I gotta yeah. like really like war movies. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really like Platoon, but there's been no movie since since that I've watched. Well, yeah. You can watch this. I mean, I know I joked about it a little bit about, you know, if you have to read some history books in order to watch this film. But I would say if you're teaching a class about, you know, and that you had a the, the oh, subject, sure. was this war? Over one day while this would be one of the movies this, like, you know, Charlie on. Wilson's War, <laughs> The Beast of War. These are one of the movies that say like, yeah, what? Check it out because it's talking about what we're talking about. It's also, yeah, it's also a point in war that no one ever makes a movie about, really. Right, right. Our invasion of Afghanistan, sure, but yeah, the Russians, yeah. you don't get well, anything. Over. We don't. I mean, it's amazing. There's a whole world out there, Butler. What? I know, right? Uh, I don't believe you. I look out at the beach and all I see is blue, man. That's <laughs> right. Red, white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you like Jason Patrick in this? Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I was expecting something a little bit more like, hey, I'm Jason Patrick. I was just in Lost Boys. But I think he... I think it is. He's a little. He's a little too. My blood flows in you, Michael. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to say he's too uppity, but he's a little more like he's very he's much learned. like he's, he's, he's learned. learned, but he's a little too much. Like, come on, he's very antagonistic toward Daskal even from the beginning, which I don't think anyone would be that outwardly uh, insubordinate. Sure, but yes, I do like him. I especially like him when he's. He's working with Taj and stuff, and they're trying to communicate with each other mm-hmm. without words. I think that's all done very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the acting in the film. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. The acting in the film is pretty solid. Aside from casting, but yeah, I hear you. Aside Which from, we talk about. Yeah. And we, we I think we I think we kind of discussed that. Stephen Bauer that does nauseam. do a good job as. Yeah. Josh. There's no there's no bad acting. I think yeah. it's just yeah. Okay, Nick, we did it. We did the movie. <laughs> all right. We hope you liked what we. We thought. didn't hate it. <laughs> Not that we were going to. All right. Butler, where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all our other great podcasts and videos. Uh, you can also find us uh, all over wherever podcasts we found. Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Play, everywhere. Are you guessing now? Check it all out. <laughs> I think uh, that's why While one. you're there, talk to us in the Forgotten Cinema lobby. Have any of you seen The Beast of War? Judging by its... Uh, take i doubt you have <laughs> but you can i will say you can rent this anywhere it's not like even though it didn't make any money surprisingly because it's 
made in 1988. Yeah, not it's, not a, in the 90s. Yeah, it's not a 90s indie film, so which pretty much have gone into a heaping pile of garbage Man, no one can find a, anymore. There are bigger films from the 90s we still can't find. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like once it hits 1990, you can't find it. Yeah. But this is 1988, so you can find it wherever you write videos. kind of bugs me. But anyways, <laughs> so join us next week as season 13 kicks off and starts again in episode two of season 13. I don't know why I'm saying that stuff. Yeah, uh, nice. So we are, uh, we're going to have a party. Project X from 20, 2012. Woo! Uh yeah, uh, not the one you're thinking about with Matthew Broderick and uh, Helen Hunt. Uh no, right. Helen Hunt. Yeah, she's the one in that. Yeah, sure. it is Helen Hunt. So that's Project X next week from 2012. It's about the big time rave at a party. I hope you like. Um, I hope we like. You're the one who picked it, man. Because I, I, it was because it's uh, when you get older, like the, like the high school films, you it's tough to relate to them. Like you know, because you're just kind of like. So I was surprised when the movie came out in 2012, and this is what. 10 years ago. So I'm 36. I was like, well, I kind of like this film. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I won't as I get older. Maybe I'll think it's stupid, but that's next week. Project X. Uh, until then, have a great week, everyone. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.